this session of Look at the Book, we're going to focus again, we've done one, on verse 11, and ask, how does God get glory from the use of spiritual gifts, which he clearly is supposed to in this text? And another question is, how does being motivated to love people relate to being motivated to glorify God? And the, the way we'll go about this is, is just seeing the density of this text with God, the logic of the text, and how it explodes with the doxology at the end, and how that relates back to verse 8 and back to verse 12 of chapter 2. So, Father, we love your glory, and we love each other, and we don't want to feel or see any conflict between being motivated by love and being motivated for you to get great glory. And so show us from this text how, how this works, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So in verse 10, as each, has, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. So the point is to experience the varied grace of God, discover what peculiar capacities you have for channeling that grace and then serving one another with that gift as grace is mediated through it to other people. So the whole goal here, right there, is to to love people with the grace of God. What more do people need than the grace of God? And here it is coming through this for them. This is, this is love. And we know that from back in verse 8, all of this text is under the banner of loving each other earnestly and then showing hospitality and then showing spiritual gifts. And now we saw last time on verse 11 that he gets specific about the kinds of spiritual gifts, namely speaking kind and serving kind. Whoever speaks, whoever serves. So there's words that mediate this grace through our gift of words to others. And then there's deeds that take grace through the gift of various doings and meet the needs of others. And he made clear then how he wants this speaking or these words to be done so that grace is mediated and how this serving, these deeds, are to be done so that grace is transferred to other people. And his instructions are, let the words in the speaking be as the oracles of God. Not your words, God's words, God's words. And similarly, how shall we serve? In the strength that God supplies. Serve by the strength that God supplies. So, God's grace passing through God's gifts of speaking and serving is done by saturating our speaking with the oracles of God and by depending utterly on the strength 
of God. This is what I mean when I say how dense this text is with God, God's grace, God's gift, God's word, God's supplies. Now, what's the, the aim of all that? The aim of all that is in this little phrase, in order that. So why are we speaking God's words? Why are we serving in God's strength? Why are we trying with God's gifts to minister God's grace to God's people? In order that, in everything, God, it's not surprising, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. So the reason we're focused on God's words and the reason we're depending on God's strength and the reason we want people to taste God's grace is so that God will be experienced as glorious and people will say things and do things that cause him to look like he really is, namely, all glorious. So he's glorified by the content of our speaking being the Word of God, the oracles of God, and by the power of our serving being the strength of God. So the, the one who gives the strength gets the glory. And the one whose word is believed and obeyed and spoken gets the glory. That's not hard to see. And why if we, if we probe a little deeper, why should we do everything we do? Speaking, words, deeds, gifts, everything we do so that God would be glorified through Jesus. It's always through Jesus because we wouldn't have a snowflake's chance in hell of glorifying God if we weren't redeemed by Jesus and our sins weren't covered by his blood. None of this would even get a jump start if it weren't for Jesus. Now, why do we aim in all of this at his glory? And that's, I think, why he ends like this. He explodes with, to him, and the hymn here most immediately refers to Jesus, but probably to God as well. It's not clear. Both work grammatically. To him, to Jesus, to God in Jesus, belong, be, is, glory and dominion forever and ever. In other words, the, the reason God should be glorified, the reason we should see him as glorious and speak of him as glorious and enjoy him as glorious is because he is. He is glory. He's the one who has glory. He's the one who has dominion. In other words, the absolute reality of the universe is that glory and dominion don't belong to man. They don't belong to the universe. God carries the universe like a peanut in his pocket. All glory and all dominion belong to God. That's why we make it our aim to glorify God in the way we love each other, which leads to that last question. So, if our aim was to minister grace through gifts to one another because we have needs that need loving help, how does aiming at the glory of God, how does aiming at the glory of God and aiming at grace towards one another relate 
Same question back here in chapter 2, verse 12. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds. Now, those good deeds are deeds of love. And when they see your good deeds, they glorify God. That's the goal. The goal is that in experiencing our deeds of love, people would come to see God as glorious and glorify God. Now, how, how does that How does that work? And the answer is surely that glorifying God is the, how should we say, apex of our joy. We're trying to minister grace to people in need so that they would overcome all their problems and experience joy in God. And we're doing it so that God gets glory. And he gets glory when we experience God as our highest joy. There's no conflict here between this goal of God getting all the glory and us getting all the grace we need.